Coming up on Stu Does America, the bulwark Sonny Bunch is here to tell us what's going to go on with the movie theaters around the country and give us his review of something I hold near and dear to my heart, the Christmas twist. It just wouldn't be Christmas without it. we got a great show tonight and a lot to get to, so let's start by doing COVID sex parties. Stu Does America. All right, just moments away from our annual screening of the movie The Christmas Twist. You're not going to want to miss it, and maybe we even get a review of it from Sonny Bunch. I'm very excited about that. Pennsylvania has instituted new restrictions on if you're going to sex parties. And I know you're probably planning some this holiday season. We all are. Uh, I want to tell you uh, very quickly, uh, it's important you know where these restrictions come from. COVID restrictions on sex parties, they come from one Rachel Levine. There she is. That's the person you want to get advice from. Now, the restrictions start off normal. You know, know how COVID-19 spreads, uh, mainly from person to person, uh, between people who are in close contact, blah, 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 from people who do not have symptoms. You should know that. All right. Then it goes on and it starts getting a little bit odd. Again, these restrictions are coming from health czar in Pennsylvania, Rachel Levine. In case you wanted to know who these were coming from. That would be ri- there. There she Rachel Levine, Uh, consider your level of risk. You are your safest sex partner. I guess they're recommending something pretty specific there. Uh, You are your your next safest partner is someone you live with. If you do have sex with others outside of your household, have as few partners as possible. I just I will not stand for that. That type of advice is just too radical for me. Ask partners outside your home uh, about COVID-19 status before you meet and engage in sex. I mean, there's nothing more romantic of a pickup line than, hey, Are you positive? I don't mean with STDs. I mean COVID-19. All right. And uh, have your partners been diagnosed with COVID-19? That's something they should probably tell you before you hook up with them. Um, Large gatherings are not safe during COVID-19, says uh, Pennsylvania. But if you attend large gathering where you might end up having sex, and how many times has this happened to you? Where you walk into a large room and you're like, I don't know. I'm not planning. Oh, my gosh. I just engaged in sex. Happens all the time. If you're going to do that, here's the tips. Limit the number of partners. Try to identify a consistent sex partner. Wow, I mean, they are asking a lot here. Wear a face covering. (laughs) Wearing a face covering during sex might be difficult for some. However, if you avoid kissing, it's all okay. Do not touch your eyes, nose, or mouth with unwashed hands. Jeez, I mean, (laughs) this is even humanity anymore. Wash your face with soap and water. And if you usually meet your sex partners online, consider taking a break from in-person dates, video dates, sexting, subscription-based fan platforms, or chat rooms may be options for you. This is the state of Pennsylvania basically recommending OnlyFans to their populace. That's where we are right now. By the way, the people uh, who are recommending this uh, comes from a health czar, Rachel Levine. And uh, there she is. The... Restrictions go on to say, protect yourself and your partners from COVID-19 during sex. Avoid kissing. This is a dream for so many men. Uh, kissing can easily pass the virus. Wear a face mask during sex. I think I saw that in a Tom Cruise movie. Eyes wide shut pretty much had that going on. Um, and we have, uh, by the way, I should point out that these restrictions are coming from Rachel Levine. And there she is. We have one more. I think we have one more photo of Rachel Levine. Is that true? We have one more. There it is. By the way, the final piece of advice from Pennsylvania, skip sex if you or your partner are not feeling well. 
If you feel unwell or even start to feel unwell, avoid kissing, sex, or close contact with others. If you've been exposed or think you've been exposed to someone with COVID-19, avoid close contact with anyone outside your household and follow the Pennsylvania Department of Health's guidance about how to prevent or expose others for more information, blah, blah, blah. So that's basically what I've done. I know whenever you go to a bar, just bring along the Pennsylvania Department of Health's guidance on how to prevent exposure. And you're bound to hook up with incredible consistency. So there you go. COVID sex advice from Rachel Levine right here on Stew Does America. Glint has made a real alternative currency out of gold. It's been like the, you know, the gold standard. We all knew that this is the way back in the day things were bought and sold, but we've gone so far away from that, got rid of the gold standard. And now what do we have? Well, Glint Pay is trying to turn things around, okay? We've got trillions of dollars going out the door for COVID and so many other things. And you got to believe that the dollar is going to have some problems. We're seeing investments go up across the board that are not related to the dollar. Why is that? Well, Glint Pay says, hey, People want to invest in gold, maybe see the benefits of an investment in gold, but they don't want the downsides. And the downsides are there. In a normal gold investment, you're paying high fees to get that gold. And then you've got a bunch of gold coins. And honestly, what are you going to do with them? I mean, it's good to have maybe in an emergency. I'm not saying you should never buy them. But if you have some, you know, you can't really access them very easily. And if you're going to sell them to try to get, you know, fiat currency back to spend... How are you going to do that? You're going to wind up paying more fees again. It's just not a rational way to go about things. GlintPay is G-L-I-N-T-P-A-Y.com. They give you this fancy card right here. Mm-hmm. They give you this card, and you can use this anywhere you go shopping, any restaurant you go to. It's like a normal MasterCard, except it's backed by gold, your gold, and you can get, it's liquid. You can access it whenever you want. Go to GlintPay.com slash stew. Use uh, the slash stew part of the address because that's how they know you like this stupid show. GlintPay.com slash stew. Happy to welcome back to the program, Sonny Bunch. He's the culture editor for The Bulwark, as well as the host of the new podcast, The Bulwark Goes to Hollywood. Sonny, thanks for coming on the program. Uh, thanks for having me, Stu. Uh, so the, the headline uh, this month was Warner Brothers says all 2021 films will be streamed right away. Uh, 17 movies apparently going to HBO Max that would have normally gone to theaters, obviously the pandemic being the reason. Can you get a, give us a 50,000 foot view of what this deal actually does? Sure. So Warner Brothers uh, has taken their entire 2021 slate, basically every movie that they were going to release in theaters in 2021, and they have decided to release it, uh, release every movie both in theaters and uh, on HBO Max at the same time. Now, they've they've done this for a variety of reasons. One, uh, you know, they essentially lost a whole year of box office revenue. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to figure out how to make it up. And what they are trying to do is to jumpstart their HBO Max uh, streaming service. So HBO Max is kind of a weird beast. It is uh, essentially everybody who already subscribes to HBO has access to HBO Max. Most people don't realize that. If you have HBO, you have HBO Max. Mm. Um, but you, but people have people haven't realized this. So there are 40 million HBO subscribers. I think only 10 million. Uh, or so of those actually use the HBO Max platform. Um, the, the, what what Warner Brothers and frankly what parent company AT and T is trying to do is get a leg up in the streaming war. That's that's the long and the short of it. They're they're sacrificing an entire year's worth of box office in the hopes that they'll sign up another twenty or thirty million people to HBO Max 
uh, and and lose a little bit less money than they were going to lose by releasing movies in theaters during a time when, frankly, people are still a little bit concerned about going to the movie theater. Uh, they're they're uh, they're you know we we have the COVID vaccine coming, but it's not here yet, and it probably won't reach full saturation until the end of the year. So they they didn't want to give up another uh, year's worth of revenue. They're trying to figure out something else. The way they did this is the worst rollout in the history <laughs> or certainly the recent history of major Hollywood rollouts. It's, wow. it's, it is uh, bafflingly dumb what they have done. They, they have essentially, they, they didn't tell any of their partners. They didn't tell any of the filmmakers they worked with. They didn't tell any of the studio, the production labels that they worked with. They didn't tell any of the actors, any of the writers, any of the directors. They told nobody uh, that this was happening. They told the agencies about 30 minutes before it happened. Mm. that this was happening. So what what has now what has now occurred is that everybody who works with Warner Brothers is very very mad at Warner Brothers. <laughs> uh, and you know Hollywood is a business that is based on relationships, it's based on trust. And uh, Warner Brothers has totally destroyed that trust. Um to the point where you have guys like Christopher Nolan who, who has worked with Warner's since uh Insomnia, I believe. He's mm. he's worked with them for uh, almost 20 years now. Um, he's made them billions of dollars. They have given him billions of dollars to make his movies. Um, and that relationship has been shattered because uh, Christopher Nolan says, uh, you know, he he came out with a blistering statement that said, you know, a, a whole bunch of filmmakers thought that they were working for the best movie studio in the world one day. And they woke up the next day and they were they're working for the worst streaming company, which is just a just a real shots fired moment. Um so I, you know, it's it's bad what they have done. It's 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 bad. It's bad on a number of levels. It's bad for theaters. Theaters, you know, now have a real hard decision to make here. Are they going to allow Warner Brothers to destroy the theatrical window uh, in in better times? The theatrical window is something like seventy two to ninety days, essentially exclusivity uh, for movies in theaters. And theaters have demanded this to protect the theatrical model. If you if you allow people, you know to see something at home two weeks later, they're not going to go out to the theaters to go see it. Right. So, you know, the theaters now are faced with a really hard decision. They're, they're looking at what Warner's has done and they are saying, are we going to suck it up and take the minimal amount of money that these movies are going to make anyway? Cause people aren't going to go see these movies in theaters if they have a chance to see them at home. That just, that's not how it works. Yeah. Or are they going to say no? Are they going to say no? Are they just going to say no to Warner Brothers? And will AMC and Regal and Cinemark say, we're not going to play your movies. We're just not going to do it. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know which way it's going to come down. I mean, it seems like, you know, there's, a, there's an element here where I don't know how they can make. Can they make enough money from the HBO Max deal to, to, to cover themselves for, for a theater release that didn't happen? No, short version. No, no. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's it's it is almost impossible to generate the sort of revenue that a entire year's worth of movies would generate via uh, HBO Max. It's not impossible, but it's it's very hard. Um, the the longer version is: look, they're going to be losing money anyway mm -hmm. because if you put a movie in theaters now, it's not it's going to gross twenty percent of what it would have grossed last year at the same point. Mm -hmm. You know, if you put a movie in theaters in July, it'll probably gross 50% what a movie would have grossed the July before. 
Um, the, the, the hope is that by December uh, or November or December, that that number will be closer to 80 or 100 percent. And I, I frankly, I don't I don't see it. I don't think it's going to happen. So their their calculation here is we're going to lose money anyway. If we're going to lose money, what value can we get out of it? And the value is signing up a whole bunch of new people to HBO Max. Um, that value comes at a very, very steep cost. Again, you know, you, you it, it is hard to overstate how badly Warner Brothers has screwed up here to the point where they're they're uh, partnering production companies, uh, labels like Legendary. You know, when you go to a movie and you see uh, the all the labels of all the production companies right. that roll out uh, before Legendary is one that you see a lot, especially mm -hmm. with Warner Brothers movies. They they co-finance a lot of Warner Brothers pictures. They have an actual financial stake in the success of these movies. And they did this without consulting with Legendary, and Legendary is going to sue them. They're threatening to sue them. I mean, I maybe they maybe maybe they work something out, but essentially, Legendary is saying you have created a situation where we are going to lose a ton of money. You're going to get something. We're going to get nothing, and that's unacceptable. There's there's no there's no universe in which that works financially. Um, so I, I I think you you will end up seeing a lot of people say they're not going to work with Warner Brothers, and a lot of people are just going to sue Warner Brothers. Um, it's it's fascinating. I, I you you mentioned my podcast at, at the beginning of the show. I just I just want to plug it real quick because I, I talked to uh, a guy named James Emanuel Shapiro this week, who is the uh, COO of Draft House Films. He worked at the uh, Alamo Draft House. He founded their analytics department, and before this, he worked at Neon, which most people will know is a studio that released Parasite. Um, and so he has experience on both sides of exhibition and. Uh, and distribution is what I'm saying here. And he he has an insider's look at all of this, and he is just flabbergasted by everything that has happened. I mean, it, the the money doesn't make sense. The uh, the you know loss of prestige doesn't make sense. The loss of partnerships doesn't make sense. Um, none of this makes sense to anyone. And it, it I think there's I think there is a very real possibility, not a 100% chance, but a very real possibility that AMC or Cinemark or Regal says, we are not going to show these movies. We're just not going to show, we'll show other stuff from other studios, but no Warner Brothers movie will play in our theaters this year. And if that happens, uh, I don't know what happens to theaters because they lose out on a ton of revenue. And I don't know what happens to the 2022 slate of Warner Brothers. Maybe AT&T says, fine, we don't need the theaters. We're just going to have HBO Max forever, and that's it. That's how people will see Warner Brothers movies. It's a, it's a, it's a real game-changing sort of moment, and I, I don't entirely know how it's going to shake out. Mm. Uh, by the way, Alamo Draft House is my favorite theater. So uh, that's a very, great theater. Yeah, it's, it's a great – it's the best place to watch a movie, and the food is excellent as well. Um, uh, isn't there, though, like, because I understand the frustration, right? Especially if they're not communicating, where you're, you have a deal with a movie company and you think it's going out – it's going to come out one way – they changed the whole dynamic of it at the last second. But, I mean, isn't there some level of understanding here that, like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime event, and, and this is making the most, the best lemonade we possibly can out of these lemons, and we don't know what the hell else to do because we've been holding on to these movies forever? Now, look, there, yes. There, so there is absolutely a, a understanding there, and Warner Brothers did the right thing with regard to Wonder Woman uh, 84, Wonder Woman 84, the Wonder Woman sequel that's coming out. They worked with uh, Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot to make sure that everybody was taken care of financially on the creative end. They talked to theaters, and they said, look, we are in a, we are in a real jam here. You're in a real jam here. Let's work together on this. You know, we'll give you we'll, uh, my understanding. I don't know. I don't I haven't had this confirmed by anyone. But my understanding is that Warner Brothers is probably going to end up giving theaters a bigger cut of the each ticket sold than they usually would. Um, and and the you know, the 
everybody was informed. Mm-hmm. And what I think the theaters and certainly the creatives uh, are angry about with this is that nobody was informed. It was just done unilaterally. And it was done in such a way as to show real disrespect for the theatrical model. Um, it, again, it's the sort of thing that you would expect to have happen to you by a company run by AT&T. Frankly, right. if, you, if you've if you've ever yeah. if you've ever dealt with a Viacom or with a with a you know telecommunications company, um, uh, it, it's the sort of thing that you would expect to have happen to you. You know, either Spectrum or AT and T comes to you and says, "Well, this is the new deal. Take it or leave it." You know, now you've ruined our chance of being bought by AT and T, Sonny. And I did not, <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I, they were on the verge of buying the place at any moment. I think. Um, <laughs> is there? Um, is this, though, like as a consumer, right, because I love the theater and I love going to the theater um, and, you know, uh, you know, Texas is different than the rest of the country. I think it's a little bit more open. It's where I am now. You know, there's a there's a maybe conservatives are a little bit more likely to go out to movies for at least the, the, the near future. But as a consumer, there's something really appealing here. Right. Like I. I already was an HBO subscriber, so I have HBO Max. But like if I wasn't and I knew this was happening, I really would consider uh, signing up to this. And, you know, it's not my job as a consumer to protect the the theater uh, business. So, I mean, is this the inevitable future for this anyway? Are they just recognizing the inevitable? Well, those are two different questions. Those those are two different (laughs) questions. The, the, The first question is, is it good for the consumer? And in the short term, yes, mm-hmm. it's good for the consumer. Uh, in the long term, it depends on what sort of movies you like. Uh, you know, the, the simple fact of the matter is that with uh, without the theatrical model, without the occasional billion dollar blockbuster, and even frankly the smaller movies, the the movies that gross forty, fifty, sixty million dollars, without that revenue, uh, you cannot make it up on PVOD premium video on demand. You cannot make it up on streaming uh, SVOD streaming video on demand. It simply, the money simply isn't there. So what ends up happening is you, if you, if you go to this model full time, you're going to have smaller movies. You're going to have cheaper looking movies. You're going to have movies that are, you know, uh, look more like TV shows, frankly. And there's a difference between TV and film. As as good as TV is now, uh, and as good as a show like The Mandalorian is. You know, I love The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. The Mandalorian is very much made with the TV show budget. It's smaller. Uh, it has fewer extras and fewer actors. It has kind of these big open sets and big open spaces that aren't totally filled with stuff because you can't afford to fill it with stuff. Um, and again, I like The Mandalorian. I, you know, there there is a place for that in the in the ecosystem of entertainment. Um, but you know, I I don't know that that's all we want. I don't think that that is a. I don't think that that is necessarily a future that we should uh, all be looking forward to. Yeah, so basically the $200 million budgets are not a thing anymore. That, yeah, basically, basically. And again, look, you know, a lot of people don't like, a lot of people don't like the $200 million movies. Uh, A lot of people didn't like Tenet. I like Tenet, but a lot of people didn't like Tenet. A lot of people don't like the big Marvel movies and the big Star Wars movies. Um, You know, uh, that's fair to a certain extent. Also, those movies subsidize a lot of the smaller movies. Uh, You know, a, a, a studio's... Bottom line can only stretch so far without the occasional billion dollar blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not every movie needs to be a $200 million budget. Um, you know, on this on today's program, we have an incredible movie, probably the, an all time Christmas classic, uh, The Christmas Twist. We were able to make that with only a $180 million budget. So we were I think we did pretty well uh, with that. We're going to be showing it on today's it program. On and here you are, uh, you know, one of the nation's top movie reviewers. I mean, would you consider taking in this film 
and being the first reviewer to to actually review a Christmas twist. Well, uh, Stu, I, your your producer asked me to do this, and I, I was on board. Um, but but you know, uh, I have to say, I was I was a little bit disappointed that that hundred eighty million dollars. Uh, led to things like seeing PAs on the screen with their their notepads. <laughs> I was I just I I you know I understand the the aesthetic that you're going for here mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the Hallmark, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of mockery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm all for Hallmark mockery because Hallmark movies are bad. Um, uh, but you know, I still have I have standards right. standards and <laughs> and these these were these were uh, you know transgressed against. Uh, by by your your uh, your show. Well, I, I I mean this is very insulting. Um, I can't believe. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was one of the greatest movies of all time. Now there are some wonderful moments in it. We're going to show it here in a second. Do you have a second to hold on, and we'll come back with one sure. uh, one more quick segment here where you can give your full thoughts. I'm very excited to see this, and maybe we can even find this moment because I don't think it exists. Where some mm. some 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 crew members in the set that doesn't seem possible. I do want mm-hmm. you to direct you to the uh, conversation uh, that uh, Sonny had with uh, James Emanuel Shapiro. Uh, It's part of his uh, podcast, The Bulwark Goes to Hollywood. If you really want to go into depth on this and really understand this, uh, it's a great place to go. And of course, a great podcast to listen to every week. Coming up next, a Christmas twist. And then we come back with the full review from Sonny Bunch. Back in a second. All right, trying to buy or sell a home in these times can be very challenging, as you might know. You're not really allowed out of your house, so I don't know how you're supposed to buy a new one. But the real estate uh, you know, industry continues to churn on. You've got to find a real estate agent that you can actually trust to help you with you know, what is your most important financial transaction probably in your entire life. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to get that done. Uh, you know, if you need to have someone, I've had to sell houses when I've lived in other places, and you really have to put a lot of trust in your real estate agent. If you're moving to a new area, you don't know anybody there, you don't have an agent, you need to find someone who's been screened, and you have, you know, to find the best one. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to do that. It's Glenn's company. He's been, uh, he's had this for, I don't know, gosh, close to 10 years probably now, and it all started when he had a terrible experience with a real estate agent, decided to start this up so you could have a place to go to find people who were the best in your area. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Get more information uh, when you go. Realestateagentsitrust.com. And with only three reported deaths, organizers say the annual children's flammable toy exhibition will be held again next season. Finally, the city has announced plans to go ahead with its proposed combination handgun, cigarette, and pork rind factory. The site for this slice of heaven on earth is our own historic hometown square. And so far, all 300 existing tenants have decided to sell, except for Noel Anderson, owner of local cookie store, The Christmas Twist. Honey, turn off the TV. I've got amazing news. (laughs) I just closed another business deal. Since, you know, 
I'm a businessman. And now I'm officially getting that big business commission. Ugh, I wish you wouldn't always talk about money around the holidays. But honey, now I can afford the one thing I really wanted. And Noel, will you marry me? Dad, that's the biggest diamond I've ever seen. Of course it is from the richest boyfriend you've ever had. What do you say to a lifetime with Thad? Well, I guess so. Did you hear that, world? She said, I guess so. Oh, this is the greatest day of my life. We're gonna have the best Christmas ever, like a family. Me, you, and my money. <laughs> wow, is it cold out there. I bet Santa himself will get frostbite. Did you finish decorating at least? I sure did. I hung up so much tinsel that now I've got tinsels instead of tonsils. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, are you watching TV? Okay, just because I was driving here and I was then parking and then walking in doesn't mean that I didn't understand that news was about to break. Quick, turn it on! And in case you just happen to turn your television set on, there is breaking news. In an attempt to go ahead with the new handgun cigarette pork grind factory, the mayor has officially made public an offer to buy the lone holdout local cookie store, The Christmas Twist. The mayor announced his offer for the 600 square foot cookie store. $11 million. But he did place one condition. Store owner Noel Anderson only has 24 hours to decide. It's now safe to turn your television off again. In other news, my kitty cat, Noodles, is still missing. <laughs> $11 million for this dump? You bought it for 18 grand. I know, but how can you put a price tag on Christmas? Um, you're not selling Christmas. You're selling a meaningless collection of bricks and asbestos walls covered in toxic lead tinsel. Dad, how can you say Christmas is meaningless? I, I didn't say that. Just listen to me. Maybe if you just ran a cookie store, or you ran a Christmas cookie store, or you just ran a butter cookie store, but you only sell the pretzel-shaped butter cookies. Uh, nobody likes the pretzel-shaped butter cookies. Oh, really? Then why did I sell three to customers this year? Well, two of them were me, and the other one was a guy hiding from an Amber Alert. This is the worst business model of all time. It's not a business model. It's my dream. I am far too businessy for this. You have 24 business hours to decide. <sighs> <gasps> it's okay, Noelle. It's okay. You know, my grandpappy used to say, if it's all about the money, then it's all about nothing. Of course, when he said that, he was talking about $1.38. <laughs> this is $11 million. That's like John Kerry wife money, right? What's wrong with you? Well, it all started one night when I was looking at the Christmas lights and I ran over a homeless person. Wait. You ran over what? Don't worry, 
You're gonna be okay. Well, you've crushed every bone in my body. My pancreas is still in your wheel well. I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna be okay. Oh, homeless vagrant, what can I do to make your pancreasless Christmas spirit live on? There's only one thing, you know, other than calling 911. I really always wanted to open up a Christmas cookie store. I can do that. I'm an amazing baker. I can make snickerdoodle, chocolate chip, molasses. The store can only sell those pretzel butter cookies, the ones that nobody likes. <laughs> That's the worst business model I've ever heard, like in the history of mankind. No, no, it's, it's not a business model. It's, it's my dream. So, you killed a homeless person, huh? Well, I guess that's the way the cookie crumbles, huh? They <laughs> 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 <Is it> good. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, oh, I hear you got a crapper to be plunged. Yes, I stopped up the crapper. I've just been so stressed with my store closing that last night I binged on fig pudding. Ooh, that'll stop yeah. up a crapper, I all know, right. I, know. I love fig pudding and the crapper. Really? We have so much in common. I love fig pudding and I clogged up my crapper last night, too. <laughs> I suppose we're all supposed to believe that my cat Noodles ends up dead the same weekend George Soros just happens to be in town. And in other news, we finally find out the future of our new handgun cigarette and pork rind factory in just 12 hours, 12 hours from now. Mark your calendar. Noelle Anderson will make her big decision. Still no word on why the mayor decided to make the deadline a national holiday, or why the mayor would present the offer on the TV. Honey, did you make your decision yet? Um... Look, I understand that this story is your dream, your heart, your soul, your deal that you made as you committed what a jury would likely consider manslaughter and killing a homeless man hallucinating about cookies. But it's $11 million. Don't be an idiot. How can you talk about dollars and manslaughter at a time like this? We can't sell the store. Where would all my pretzel cookies go? Uh, they're not alive. It's, it's not materially where they would go. Where will people buy their pretzel cookies for Santa? Santa loves these cookies. Noel, Santa wants chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> yeah. You take that back. Take it back. Noel, you want to think about your pretzel cookies? It's not about the money. It's about how dumb you are.
I mean, it's, it's a little bit about the money, but it's mostly about how dumb you are. I can't marry someone this dumb. Un- unless it's a Kardashian, maybe. I- Look, sell the store or I'm calling the engagement off. You now have 12 business hours to decide. Ho, ho, ho's here. It's Uncle Billy. Oh no, what's wrong, Noelle? I might lose my store. Mm. My businessman fiance gave me an ultimatum and I think I'm in love mm-hmm. with a common laborer. Oh my. Who looks suspiciously like the homeless man that I ran over. Mm. Except he's wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. And I'm so torn. Yeah. <gasps> well, you know, Noelle, my grandpappy was once faced with a Christmas choice, a choice just like yours. Should he marry his male lover? Or a really fat homeless man plumber he met when he stopped up the crapper? Well, who did, who did he choose? Ah, neither. He was hit by a blonde woman in an SUV and left to die on the road with no explanation. But that's the moral of Christmas time, right? So what you're, what you're saying is that I should marry my mean fiance? No, stupid. Oh, you're so stupid. How can you be this dumb? I mean, that's stupid. So then what you're saying is that I should choose the plumber? Yes. Wow, geez, I'm really starting to see where your fiance is coming from. You are stupid. Stupid. I mean, really dumb. Okay, well, I hope I have enough time to go stop up the toilet again. Right? Well, I mean, (laughs) you are stupid. Can you do it? I don't know. That is stupid. I mean, I, <laughs> oh, should I marry my mean fiance? Yeah, dummy, go ahead. <sighs> so did you make a decision? I have a businessman meeting to go to in the business world. Yes, I did. I, I did make a decision. I choose the Christmas spirit. And I choose this plumber with potentially no future. He's homeless. But I just met him. And he believes in me, and he believes in my store. Uh, Good luck with that. Good luck with your stupid store with the pretzel cookies and this pointless plumber idiot. All of it's it's the big pipe dream. You know, because the pipes, he happens to work with pipes, and that's his his chosen profession. It's a pipe, pipe dream. I think it worked. I don't understand why you didn't. Now, let's go fix that crapper together. You know, before I get started fixing your crapper, I just want to say that I might not be a businessman like your businessman boyfriend. I might not have the intelligence, the pleasant odor, or the lack of mouth sores. I can't even afford a big fancy ring. But I can't afford this. Wait, did you just find that on the floor? Well, yes, but that doesn't change the question. Will you marry me? Yes! I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this.
right, you just witnessed uh, the Christmas season uh, premiere for 2020 of the greatest Christmas movie of all time, as it's been called by so many, uh, The Christmas Twist. Uh, now, Sonny uh, Bunch is back with us, host of The Bulwark Goes to Hollywood. Sonny, uh, this is a, is a film that I think connects with so many people around this time of year. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I didn't realize uh, just how important the cookie cookie uh, community was to the Christmas spirit. I, so here's, here's, uh, I, I do, I do appreciate the, the vibe of the thing. It is as kind of a, a, uh, you know, Zucker brothers esque uh, <laughs> disdain for mm -hmm. formula that, that has been so mastered by our, our friends at the Hallmark channel mm. um, or Netflix, uh, you know, and, and I, romantic comedies are not my uh, preferred genre. So, you know, I was, I was, uh, it was, it was a little, a little hard for me to get into it, but you know, I, I the thing I was most disappointed by, frankly, mm -hmm. was the, uh, lack of discussion of this amazing factory that was going to be built. I wanted to know more about the, what was cigarettes and guns and, and, and pork rinds, uh, I believe and pork rinds, uh, <laughs> combined uh, factory factory. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted, I want, I feel like there's a whole sequel that could be made here, like a Willy Wonka style journey through the uh pork rinds and cigarettes and, and guns so uh, factory essentially what you're saying as a film reviewer is you demand a sequel i mean i think that's the strongest I, endorsement possible i feel like there's strong franchisable content here i feel like there's <laughs> you know you could easily do 20 or 30 of these movies <laughs> uh you know each each uh, uh looking at a different mm. angle of the small business christmas experience you could go to a candle store one year and then mm -hmm. like a you know uh i don't know a, a pizza hut mm -hmm. <laughs> pizza hut yeah exactly <laughs> and we may even be able to get that one sponsored too i think uh, if we work hard <laughs> you mentioned however a scene uh of of potentially a crew member uh, entering into the picture, and that was disturbing to me. I, I didn't see anything like that. Do we have an image of, of what Sonny was? Uh, right. Well, there. Oh, look at that. That's a shame. That's a you know you you need a you need a you need an associate editor mm -hmm. on on site, a associate producer on site, mm -hmm. saying we cannot have screw ups like this. You need Tom Cruise there. Uh, to yeah. tell these people to get out of the camera angles or Christian Bale, you know, mm -hmm. this is a professional, uh, well-run production. It cost $180 million, as you said. Mm -hmm. You can't have little screw-ups like that. That's no that's no good. Yeah, and to be fair, though, it was just her hand. Is that, that's all I saw, at least, in that particular... Uh, frankly, it's not the hand so much as the paper <laughs> that was distracting to me because I was like, are those lines? Have the people not learned their lines? For this, look uh, and see what is that? What is she? What is on that page? I think those are lines. I think this is. I think this... those are like cue cards that have been because the cast was too lazy to memorize their lines. Again, if you're spending 180 million dollars mm -hmm. on this sort of thing, you gotta. You really gotta. Uh, you just. I would say just up it a little bit. To be fair, I, we did tell them and show them the script on the day we filmed it, so it was difficult to learn the lines. Um. That's no excuse. No. That's how that's how Terrence Malick works. OK, OK. Right? I don't want to I don't want to I don't want any any excuses like that. Mm. I, I demand uh, excellence. As I was looking through uh, and looking for uh, the, that, you noticed the crew member. I did notice another time that we had uh, in the shot is the taped piece of paper against the wall behind the other actor uh, as well. We could not. Uh, one hundred eighty million dollars is not going to get you teleprompters. Uh, there's just no way to afford it. 
that's where that last $20 million goes. And again, once you get rid of theaters, you can't afford these yeah. kind of, you know, uh, amenities. Mm. So you're, we're going to see many more things like this in the future if we if we lose the theatrical experience. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, if you want to see an important sequel done a little bit better, uh, you need to make sure you support your theaters when they come back in and uh, make sure you also support The Bulwark Goes to Hollywood. Again, great conversation with James Emanuel Shapiro from Alamo Drafthouse and, and Drafthouse uh, Theater uh, and Films. I mean, it was a really good conversation, uh, Sonny. And, and for uh, as, as ridiculous as, as my uh, pathetic movie is, uh, it uh, it goes really into depth on this. If you want to understand where this industry is going, it's a great conversation. Stu, uh, I you know I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to get you down on yourself or disappointed. This was a solid first effort, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure that by the time we get to the fourth or fifth movie in this series, you'll have it down. Mm -hmm. If you were going to go between one and let's say seventy five stars, how many stars would you give it? Oof. Um, I would go with you can go higher only than 75. You can go higher than 75 I, if you like. I mean, I think we could get up to like 84 stars. 84, 84 stars. stars. Wow, that's amazing. You heard it here I, first. I, I usually use a 100 star scale. So this is like an 84 out of 100. Well, I figured so if, you, if you gave it an 84 and I said it was a 75 star scale, it would look even better. This is the sort of th thought that goes into this. We don't have a marketing department. Uh, Sonny Bunch, culture editor for The Bulwark and host of The Bulwark Goes to Hollywood. It's a great podcast. Make sure you check it out. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show and validating uh, that $180 million spent. You're welcome. All right, back in a second. <laughs> All right. If you want to prepare, you want to make sure you're protected. You want to make sure that if, you know, some movie reviewer gives you a too low of a review, you have some way to punish them in a non-lethal fashion. You need Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices. They are small and lightweight enough to carry you or, uh, you know, carry you through any situation, but also to keep in your glove compartment, in your purse, whatever you have. Uh, they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Uh, they use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and send emergency dispatch uh, to your GPS location. That's really cool. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting and emergency dispatch, which will send response teams to your GPS location. You can protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart defense uh, products. A Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus, a Taser Strike Light. Just cool names. I mean, Taser.com. With the proto promo code STU, you're going to save 15% now at Taser.com. Promo code is STU. T-A-S-E-R.com. Promo code Stu. Remember to use the promo code Stu because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you're supporting a wonderful sequel to the Christmas twist in the future. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Taser.com. Promo code Stu. Now, I'm a kind of big into technology. I'm an early adopter, so I've joined something called Twitter.com. And there on the uh, on my pinned tweet, you can see the Christmas twist whenever you like this holiday season. It's going to be there. Maybe I'll throw it up on Facebook as well. Uh, if you happen to uh, check out the movie for the first time, love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, at Stu Does America. <sighs> Got one more show before we're going on Christmas break. Hope you join us uh, for tomorrow. Nicole Arbor will be on with us. We'll see you then.